You are listening to U of M on your Historic Dial podcast. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 4. Hi, this is Rebecca from University Archives. Are you ready to take another field trip in sound on Look What We Found? Today we'll travel to the St. Paul campus to a clinic that's for the birds, which also happens to be the title of the December 8th, 1977 episode of Look What We Found. If you haven't deciphered the title of the broadcast, we are going on an audio tour of the Raptor Center. The Raptor Center is a research and rehabilitation center for birds of prey, which today cares for approximately 800 ill and injured raptors each year. When the program A Clinic That's for the Birds aired in 1977, the Raptor Research and Rehabilitation Program, as it was then known, was a relatively new program in the College of Veterinary Medicine. The program was initiated with the research of Dr. Gary Duke in the early 1970s. According to a published history of the College of Vet Med, Duke's area of study centered on the digestive systems of raptors. He asked the Department of Natural Resources if they had any injured owls that he could examine, and the DNR brought 30 owls to him. Duke cared for their illnesses and injuries and developed methods to treat the birds with the hope of releasing them back into the wild. From 1972 to 1974, Duke and other veterinary students cared for 280 birds, 120 of which they were able to return to the outdoors. After veterinary student Pat Reddig graduated in 1974, the Mardeg Foundation and the College of Vet Med offered funds to hire Reddig to continue the Raptor program. You will hear Reddig in the broadcast as he gives a program producer and friends a tour of the Raptor program facilities. The Raptor Research and Rehabilitation Program was housed in a building known as Temporary East of Hacker, where Duke and Reddick modified rooms to accommodate injured raptors. Other grants, including an annual grant from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, supported their work and allowed them to start caring for the endangered peregrine falcon and bald eagle. In 1988, with a donation from Don and Louise Gabbert, the Gabbert Raptor Center was built on the St. Paul campus, and the rehabilitation program was renamed the Raptor Center. So what did the Minnesota School of the Air intend to teach young students on this field trip broadcast? The teacher's manual that was disseminated to educators offered clear suggestions for before and after broadcast discussions. Answer the questions, what is a bird of prey? What is an endangered species? What would you do if you found a sick or injured bird of prey while walking in the woods? Answer, call the game warden or the Department of Animal Science at the university. For more information on the Raptor Center's research, rehabilitation work, and educational programs, visit www.raptor.umn.edu. Now let's look back and listen to a clinic that's for the birds, the December 8, 1977 broadcast, of Look What We Found on radio station KUOM. I don't believe it. <laughs> wow! Psyched out. Look what we found! Come on, you've been sitting there far too long. Join the Minnesota School of the Air as we take a field trip in sound to someplace you've probably never been somewhere in and around the Twin Cities. And here to go with you are your hosts, Walter, Patty, and Bill. 
Who found something interesting this week? I did, Bill. I went over to the St. Paul campus and look what I found. A feather. That's right. It came from the Raptor Clinic, which is a place where people bring injured birds of prey What's to a... be uh, healed. What's a bird of prey, Walter? Well, it'd be like a hawk or an owl or a falcon, some kind of bird that eats meat, eats fish or rodents or other birds. Walter, who went with you? Rich and Ralph Perales and their friend Mark Lundeen. We were greeted there by a researcher at the Department of Animal Science, Pat Reddick, and he brought us into a room about the size of a small bedroom with many cages along the walls, and that's where some of the birds were. You'll hear some owls and hawks screeching, and you'll also hear the strange throaty clucking of some eagles on this tape. Oh, by the way, you'll also hear some dogs in the background, but they were involved in other research, and they don't concern us. All right, now, the only thing is, when we're in here, you know, these are wild birds. They're not tame pet birds. They don't like being handled, and they're afraid of you. So keep your movements slow and your voices low, okay? So we don't get them too upset. The birds we have here, we keep in this room because they either have some disease or they have some injury that requires that they be handled every day either to have wounds inspected or bandages changed, antibiotics giving, or special feeding or something like that. We kind of, this is kind of our infirmary here. We just call it the patient room, um, where the birds are housed in these individual cages. Once they've recovered well enough from their injuries, the point where they're getting along better on their own, then we move them into other rooms where they mix with a large number of other birds, and we'll look down and see those a little bit later. There are quite a number of the birds that we have around here right now at this time of the year that are permanent cripples that are left over from last year. Our biggest season is in the fall months, during September, October, November. During that time, the hawks are migrating through this state in very large numbers, and um, that's when the hunting seasons are open. An awful lot of them get shot by people. And all these birds are protected by law, both state and federal law, and it's, there's no reason for any of them never to be shot, but we have a lot of people that don't care, they're just plain out too stupid, and they shoot them. Pat Reddick brought a Richardson's owl out of its cage to show us and let the boys feel the soft feathers on the top of its head. Now, this is a youngster here. Um, he looks like he's really fierce, but he's actually playing with me. Now, when owls are taken from the nest at a very young age, they learn to recognize adults, or recognize humans as their parents rather than other owls. And this bird here doesn't know that he's an owl. He thinks he's a human. He was taken from the nest when he was very young by some kids. Now, the problem with that, the reason this bird is here is he has a disease that we call rickets. And the rickets is a disease of the bones, so the bones don't develop properly. And the reason his bones didn't develop properly is because the kids that took him from the nest didn't know how to feed him, didn't know how to take care of him, and they fed him a completely wrong diet. You look at his wings, see how they kind of hang down in front. They don't lay up nice and smooth against the body. Well, that's because the wings are deformed. The bones are bent and crooked from the poor diet that he was fed. Uh, a lot of people have a tendency to feed these birds hamburger, and hamburger is the worst thing you can feed them, or among the worst. They need the whole bodies of rats, mice, gophers, uh, small birds and things like that to eat the feathers, to eat the bones, to eat the intestines and everything, and they have to have that in order to have a normal balanced diet. The message here is when you see wildlife, leave it alone. It belongs out in the wild. It doesn't belong in your backyard. You're trying to make a pet out of it. How come it has that brown strap around by his foot? Okay, that strap is called a jess. And 
You see the little ring that's in the end of it, the little grommet? We can put a leash through that, so if we want to handle the bird and, and tie him down someplace, we can do that. It's just like putting a leash on a dog. Only on birds, we put them on their legs instead of around their neck. Mm -hmm. now, can that bird fly if it wants to? No, it can't. It never will. Because of the records? Yes, right. Of course, you realize the owls hunt at night for the most part. Now, if we talk about the birds that hunt during the day, we're talking about the hawks and eagles. This is a broadwing hawk here. What happened to him? Uh, that bird was shot with a shotgun about two weeks ago, and the swing is broken. And so you have, uh, it's trapped, right, all the way around uh, the body? There are stainless steel pins that have been inserted into the bones to hold everything in alignment. And then uh, beyond that, the uh, wing is splinted up against the body to hold it in position until it heals. Now, this bird here is the same species as the one we just showed. This is another broadening hawk here. And um, somebody shot this bird with a rifle, and the bullet went right through its breast and broke its, one of its wings. And it's healing up fairly well. Now, I, it's too early to say if the bird's going to make it or not. Do they know what you're doing to them? No, they have no idea. All they know is that they're in some place where they wish they weren't, and they're very afraid of what's going on. And as soon as they can get out of here, the happier they'll be. Are they put to sleep when they're in surgery? Yes, we anesthetize them completely. Mm -hmm. They're sound asleep. Now, uh, one other bird I want to show you over here is this one here. This, this is what we call a peregrine falcon. They, they kill their prey by diving on it from a great height and hitting it a very hard blow and they can exceed speeds of 200 miles an hour in their dive. Now, the peregrine falcon is an endangered species. You've heard of endangered species. These are animals that are on the verge of extinction because their populations have been pushed so low by changes in their habitat that they can't survive. This species of bird used to nest on the Mississippi River, on the cliffs there, and on the cliffs up along the North Shore and all over the eastern United States. There's fewer than 50 of these birds left in the United States now, and the thing that killed them off was DDT poisoning. All these pesticides and things that we, our system of agriculture insists on putting on the fields and on the crops and things like that to kill bugs and birds and stuff like that also kills the peregrine falcon, and this is what's driven this bird to the verge of extinction. If the peregrine falcon can survive in the wild, then we know that our habitat and our environment is stable. If we have to maintain it in a zoo, it's simply a sad commentary on the state of affair that our environment is in. Okay, let's go look at some eagles. Everybody knows what an eagle is. Oh boy. Now these birds will fly around a little bit, but don't worry about them. They aren't Okay, now I told you before that when we take care of birds in the other room for a while, and once they're well enough to be taken out of those cages, we put them in a room where they can move around a little bit more. This eagle room is one of those rooms where we keep all the eagles together. We usually get about 15 to 20 eagles in here every year. The Fish and, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service flies eagles in from all of the United States for treatment and care here. How fast do uh, birds usually heal? That's a hard question to answer. Depends how severely they are injured. If a bird comes in here with a broken bone, the least amount of time it's going to be in here is four to five weeks. Sometimes we've kept them here for over a year to get them back in shape. By this time, we had moved from the room with the eagles to a window overlooking an outdoor fenced-in area where about 12 birds were sitting on perches. They're put outside before they're released to get them used to changes in temperature since for the past few months while they were healing, the temperature in the rooms they stayed in had always remained the same. Do any of these hawks or owls get away? 
The only time we ever had one get away was when some idiot came in here and cut a couple of their leashes. But normally, if everybody, if people keep their noses out of here and leave us alone, they get along just fine and don't get away. Are they ever attacked by other animals, dogs in the neighborhood or anything? Well, that's why we keep the fence up around them and pretty much keep the dogs out. There are dogs and there's barn cats and stuff around here now. So we have to keep them out by the fence. And we haven't had any trouble that way. People have been our only problem so far. Which isn't too surprising. <laughs> well, I tell you, my biases are there, but I, I mean, I just love the birds, you know, and I think somebody's got to look out for them and give them a fair shake because we've got too many people that are not interested in doing that, and they're, they're interested in, uh, you know, developing all the wild habitat and uh, the heck with the wildlife that's out there. I can't buy that sort of an attitude at all. They don't give regular tours at the raptor clinic, but they will show small groups around, and also Pat Reddick goes out to schools to show off his birds. Call the Department of Animal Science at the university if you're interested. Walter, does Pat ever get bitten by any of those wild birds? He sure does. He was bitten by a hawk while we were there. He tried to take it out of the cage, and I saw blood dripping down on the floor, but it didn't seem to bother him very much. It looks like we're just about out of time, Walter. I think we are. Well, see you around. Bye. Later. Producers for Look What We Found are Patty Goodwin, Bill Golfus, and Walter Brody. Join us next time for another Field Trip in Sound, brought to you by the Minnesota School of the Air. The U of M Radio on your Historic Dial podcast is produced every other week for your enjoyment. Subscribe or download on iTunes or Google Play so you don't miss another moment of historic Minnesota radio. If you enjoy our clips and want to hear or learn more, go to www.lib.umn.edu slash uarchives and search KUOM in the collections guides. Digitization of University Archives recordings was financed in part with funds provided by the state of Minnesota from the Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund through the Minnesota Historical Society.